When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Draft. All right, let's go. It's NFL Draft Night on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Yeah, it is, big voice guy. It's also on scorenorth.com, the Score North <laughs> mobile app, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. There was a pick during the break there. It was the Miami Dolphins at number 13 selecting defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, who then nearly took out Roger Goodell on stage. Amazing. He tried to do the uh, like the jumping shoulder bump yeah, which, with Roger Goodell, and Roger Goodell did not know that was coming. Goodell's a big dude, but like there, there's a 100-plus pound difference between those two guys. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't want to jumping shoulder bump you, dude. Uh, so the Vikings pick, pick is, is in. in. Before, before we go to the podium, real quick, because this all of our virtual rooms right now are full with Vikings fans, and we thank you so much for watching or listening. That's Judd Zolgat. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Rami Maklov. And this is Matthew Collar. If you're new to Score North tonight watching our draft coverage, welcome. We are the only show in town with a daily Viking show. The only platform in town with a daily Viking show. Noon every day on Score North, the Score North mobile app available for Apple and uh, Google devices or uh, the good old-fashioned radio, AM 1500. More Vikings coverage and uh, entertainment than uh, than anyone else has in town. And just thank you so much for consuming this tonight. This is the Purple Daily Live Draft Special. This has been so fun. And the Vikings pick is in. The Vikings draft room is absolutely packed. They just showed it. They didn't Did they look happy? Out? There's a lot of people in there. I saw, I saw some conflicting emotions in there. Stone-faced is what I saw. Stadium seating in there, by the way. The multiple levels. But the Viking World Order guys are very nervous right now on TV. Well, they should be. Fans who go to the draft are just the weirdest. They all dress up like they're professional wrestlers. Like it's it's a stra- it's a strange scene. The NFL and the Jets draft. fans are always just mad. It really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you who draft. They take. They're just yeah. well. How about the Giants mad? fans tonight? They should be PO'd. No, what if they got their franchise quarterback? <laughs> all right, here it is. Let's go to the podium. Vikings pick right now. Vikings, as we head to the commissioner, Roger Goodell. <laughs> With the 18th pick in the 2019 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Garrett Bradbury, center, wow, North Carolina Collar. State. A tremendous pick. I mean, this Get, this is what this is what they dreamed of when this draft started was being able to take a guy who starts on day one is a game changer, has Pro Bowl caliber talent on the offensive line, allows them to move Pat Elfline to guard where he actually had higher PFF grades in college at guard than he did at center. And now the Vikings offensive line, snap your fingers, is better. 
I think right now, this moment, and that's a hard thing to do at 18 is to make yourself better. But look at the NFL comparisons from ESPN or NFL Network. Ryan Khalil is who they compared him to, and that's a star player. So, okay, tell us, what what does the Vikings offensive line, two things, what does the Vikings offensive line look like left to right right now? And what are your offensive line experts that you talk to on a regular basis saying about Bradbury? So right now at this moment, you would have starting at right tackle would be Brian O'Neill. At right guard is going to be Josh Klein. At center will be Garrett Bradbury. At left guard will be Pat Elfline. And then at left tackle will be Riley Reef. That would be my guess for uh, what this looks like. But Daniel Jeremiah also said that he could see two offensive linemen in the first three picks from the Vikings. So you don't have to set that in stone just yet, but that would be my guess for opening day offensive line. Do you think anybody that they get on day two of the of the draft could also be added to that starting offensive line? Or is there not are, are most of the guys who they'd get there at least somewhat of a project that you'd have to wait on? Well, that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, but there is one guy who could potentially be a starter on day one, and that would be Dalton Reisner if he happened to, instead of Rise, drop. Oh, there it is, right there. Really, oh, really, really. In the I mean, midst of the breakdown, I've been here for three plus hours, uh, man. There's one other guy. Join the club. <laughs> there's one other guy, Greg Little from Ole Miss, who has an extremely high ceiling as a tackle, but just is sort of wishy-washy and has dropped out of the top. But initially was thought of as a top prospect. He could potentially compete for a job, but. I'm not certain about that. So I, I think this is your starting offensive line. I'm just glad that they made the pick, that they didn't try and get creative, that that basically the draft fell to them almost perfectly. And and we probably can debate the the old lineman that they took, but all of that being said, this is this is the best draft as far as things falling to, uh, to the Vikings in how long. I mean, let me let me just illustrate how rare this is for the Minnesota Vikings to do what they did today. If I uh, still have my chicken scratch notes from earlier today in the Rick Spielman influence era of, of Rick Spielman's time in the Minnesota Vikings front office in which he's been very heavily involved in the draft, even before he was a GM 2007. This is only the second time they've taken an offensive lineman in the first round. Matt Khalil was the other one. They've only taken four offensive linemen in rounds one, two or three in the Rick Spielman era since 2007, Lodeholt, Khalil, Elfline, O'Neal, and this is the fifth. So the second time since 2007 they've taken an offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah, and pretty I, amazing. I, I believe that this is the first time that they've taken an interior lineman in the first or second round since 2005. Wow, because Elfline was third round, correct? Ryan Cook, Elfline was third round. Uh, Marcus Johnson went in the second round in 2005. Ryan Cook went in, was that the second oh, round six. as well? He was second round oh, pick six. in 06. But the fact is, it's been a long time since this team addressed, within the first two rounds, the interior line. Yeah. Uh, I just want to throw out the phone numbers real quick, too, because we will we will transition this Reaction. in a snap. It, it, this is Vikings Ventline immediately, if you guys want it to be out there. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. We're hanging out in the TCL studios. Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar. Rami Makhlouf and Judd Zolgad. And the breaking news is, and we'll keep you posted, um, the, the the Tennessee Titans pick is in at 19, so we'll keep you posted as we talk through the Vikings pick at 18 here. But if you're just joining, Garrett Bradbury is the pick, interior offensive lineman, and a guy that uh, a lot of smarter offensive line people than me rave about. It's not a sexy pick, 
under normal circumstances, but if you're a Vikings fan and you've watched this offensive line for the last few years, it is it is the Mila Kunis of picks. It By the way, that that dude who we saw at the draft, the Vikings guy who was wearing like the uh, I don't know what they call that the the oh chainmail uh, thing around his collar and the, the horns and the wig and everything. There's a picture of him that's already going viral. On Twitter, he he apparently did not like the pick. This was his reaction to it. I don't know if you guys, you a guys Vikings on the screen didn't like it. Did he want Dylan? Wait, that, that dude sits front row at every Vikings game at US Bank Stadium. He gets as close of a look at a bad offensive line as anybody. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so now let me just crazy uh, about it, apparently. let me just present this side of it though. Now on the board at the time that they picked was Jawan Taylor, Andre Dillard, Garrett Bradbury, Noah Fant, Montez Sweat, Cody Ford. And Greedy Williams and DK Metcalf. Should the Vikings, instead of just taking the offensive lineman they liked the most, traded back a few picks and taken any one of those guys that would have also been a good pick? Yeah, this is where like you have to you have to know, and we have to know what's the gap between where they had Bradbury and the next like did they have a huge gap between Bradbury and the next offensive lineman where they just said, "Wow, we got lucky," and this dude's sitting here. I. It, it's possible Bradbury was the number one offensive lineman on their board for all we know, and if he's sitting there at 18, you just pull the trigger on it, right? The reality is this. Like it or not, they they had to use this round at least to address an immediate need. And so, yeah, they could have gotten creative, but guess what? This, to me, is, is, is like a trade. And if you're offered, you sit there and you say, will we make the deal? And they did. And, and this is a year where I think doing the smart thing, which was getting immediate help there, was what you had to do. Uh, gentlemen, on uh, the hotline right now, this is Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Rami Maklov, and Matthew Collar. And uh, we're pleased to be joined here by Gary Hahn, play-by-play man for North Carolina State, to tell us about Garrett Bradbury. We just, we'd love a couple minutes for you to fill us in and Vikings fans in on what the Vikings just got at number 18, Gary. Thanks for joining us. Well, you're very welcome. I think they're getting a really good football player. I mean, Garrett Bradbury was a three-year starter at State, had about 38 career starts, I believe. He won the Remington Trophy for the best center in the country, first-team All-ACC, Outland Trophy semifinalist, a kid that's very smart, athletic, extremely hard worker. He came to NC State as a 250-pound tight end. And uh, thanks to uh, Dan Burnett, the strength coach, and uh, Garrett Bradbury being the kind of worker he is with a tremendous work ethic, uh, made himself into the kind of uh, player that he uh, is now, first-round draft pick in the NFL. So, uh, I mean, what's uh, as far as I'm concerned, what's not to like about this young man? Talking with Gary Hahn, the uh, voice of NC State football, here on the Purple Daily Live Draft Special after the Vikings select Garrett Bradbury Center out of NC State. I think sometimes demeanor and attitude is something that's overplayed in the sport of football, but I happen to think that in the trenches and with offensive linemen, it, it really matters. Does he have some nasty to him? What, what type of demeanor are we looking at with Garrett Bradbury? Yeah, he's smart. He's got a high uh, IQ, but uh, you're right. He does have an attitude, and he was the guy that the offensive line kind of gathered around. He was sort of the leader of the pack on the offensive line. Uh, State had a 1,000-yard rusher this year in Reggie Gillespie, and the year before, uh, two NFL players. Uh, He blocked for them, Jalen Samuels with the Steelers and Naheem Hines. And so, uh, you know, this is a guy who has worked hard, and uh, he's – you know, he's enjoying the fruits of all of that uh, labor because he's 
he's made himself into a really, really good football player just through uh, sheer one-two and obviously some God-given ability, but a tremendous work ethic. And uh, he does have he does have some nasty to him. And he this is a guy that wants to win at any cost. Gary, can you tell us about the game against Clemson that everybody talked about his tape and then combining that with what he did at the Combine, pushing him up into being a first-round pick? But it seemed like that particular game pushed him over the top. What do you remember about that performance in the trenches? Well, uh, I'm usually following the ball. (laughs) That is uh, true. That is true. You're probably probably better (laughs) ask a coach about that. But I know one thing. Garrett Bradbury never uh, uh, surrendered a sack this entire year wow. and you guys uh, obviously are following the draft you know how good the uh, the defensive line was for the Clemson Tigers and uh, to uh, be able to neutralize the people that he was he was able to block that day I mean that's pretty impressive because uh, State was going up against a, uh, a professional uh, defensive line that day and uh Garrett Bradbury obviously graded out very very well and uh, when you're up against that kind of competition and you're able to get your job done and do your job, which Garrett Bradbury did for uh, three years and did it very well. And and that's the other thing. Garrett Bradbury continued to get better each and every year. I mean, he just didn't take over as a sophomore and all of a sudden start to get some recognition. He really never got any recognition until uh, this year. And when you won the the Remington Trophy, uh, I'll tell you what, you've done something, and I think that says a lot. Smart kid, too. Yeah, real smart. Has a uh, high uh, football IQ. I think academically he was one of the better uh, students on the on the team as well. But I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. But in his uh, interviews with media and in his dealings with uh, the uh, people that uh, like us that follow the team all the time. I mean, Garrett Bradbury was one of the top interview uh, subjects. I mean, you always want you always knew you were going to get something really good. And uh, he would answer your questions. He wasn't trying to dodge anything. He would uh, look you in the eye and, uh, and give you a good answer. And uh, That's what the media people want. And so uh, he also has that going for him. Uh, well, listen, Gary, we, uh, we won't keep you here. We just really appreciate your insight. That's Gary Hahn. He is the voice of North Carolina State football. And uh, Garrett Bradbury is the newest addition to the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you so much for your time here, Gary. We really appreciate it. You are very welcome. You're getting a good football player. All right. Right on. Thanks, Gary. That's, okay. Uh, that's he, good oh, insight. Already hung up. Sorry. <laughs> but still, thank Gary. Thanks, Gary. You're going to ask him Gary, for a lunch later. Gary. <laughs> are you getting punched? I, just like, I thought we were going to like, I thought here? we were all going to be like, thanks, Gary. Like, there's oh. a lot of us here. We all have to say bye to him. Bye, I thought, Gary. I thought Phil like, spoke for us like all. Like Little House on the Prairie? We were all going to say goodnight? What, what Kiss is on the cheek, Colin. Great night. Uh, Rami, that's the Waltons. Oh, sorry. My bad. Hey, night, listen, John Boy. Listen, night, Gary. Manny, can you give Collar Gary's number so you can text him goodnight later on? <laughs> I'll pass it along to you, Collar. Really you know what Collar's mad about? Collar's mad that Gary didn't watch the, the trench, trenches in that Clemson game. He's very upset that this guy was watching the doggone ball because you know, he should have been watching the trenches. But, but think about this. He went up against two guys, and even though you know, maybe Dexter Lawrence shouldn't have been picked as high as he was, but two guys picked in the first round in that game, and he was the better player. And that's what the Vikings, I'm sure desperately wanted in Garrett Bradbury is someone who can develop into a center that can match up with Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks dominated them last year. 
Hicks a lot of guys did, inside did, Matthew. But, but Hicks did more damage than Khalil Mack did to the Minnesota Vikings, and they needed to fix that interior lineman uh, desperately, and they did that here tonight. Beyond Mack, what, what's the next comp, do you think? Well, Ryan Khalil and Jason Kelsey. Kelsey is kind of a different air. I mean, he is the best in my mind, but Alex Mack is right there. You're talking about rare athletic potential, and if you think about just this position, how rare it is, that someone gets drafted um, as a center in the first round. It really doesn't happen all that often. And I remember when when Dallas took Travis uh, Frederick, Frederick, it it was like, what? Who? Mm -hmm. Why? Are they insane? And he turned out to be a really good player. But it just speaks to how rare it is that a center gets taken that high, um, unless that you know maybe it's someone who ends up moving to center. But normally you don't see it. And that kind of tells you, last year, for example, Frank Ragnow and Billy Price were taken 20th and 21st, and that, I think, was talked about as being a little bit unusual. Hey, Lindsay, let's get the Broncos. I believe the Broncos are going to pick right now. Am I correct on that? Yes. I, I think you are correct. Let's uh, let's go to pick number 20 here. 19 was Jeffrey Simmons to the Titans, D-tackle from Mississippi State. Oh, wow. State. How about that? Uh, Ro- Roger Goodell walking to the but, podium. But Elfline, when he was picked in the third Eventually. round... He was the second center off the board in the third round two years ago. Pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select Noah Fant, Ooh. tight end, Iowa. There's Four your tight end, Matthew. Two Iowa tight ends in the top 20, and Iowa can't score more than 12 points in a game. Congratulations, <laughs> Iowa. They seem to be that type of school who doesn't really have a lot of success, but for some reason they develop NFL-caliber players. They do. Yeah, they definitely do. I don't quite understand it. Uh, so Noah Fant meet to the Broncos means the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock at 21. Uh, but we are still reacting to Garrett Bradbury, 18th overall to the Minnesota Vikings, center, interior offensive lineman, uh, North Carolina State. I've always said, this is a little bit of, a, of an apples to oranges, but in baseball, I love when teams draft shortstops, and center fielders because you can always move those players to third base, right field, etc. If you draft first baseman and third baseman, you can't move them to second base and shortstop. When you draft centers, you can move them to guard. When you draft versatile players, when you draft cornerbacks, you can move them to safety down the road if you need to. Uh, so I, I love when, when you're building out an offensive line, centers are usually uh, the highest IQ guys along the offensive line. If you can have smart people who know how to play center and move them to other places, it's always a plus for me. And so. I'm always uh, of the of the mind, just give me my five best offensive linemen. We'll, then we'll figure out the positions. Then we'll shake it all out. But give me the five guys who are the best at moving other large men. And, and, then, we'll, and then we'll pick what spots on the line. Brian McKinney, you're in. snapping the football now. Buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Within reason, obviously. <laughs> So, all right, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but in the second round is in, what, 21 hours. But now that the Vikings have addressed a major, major need along the offensive line, what's likely, we don't know We don't know who's out there yet because we need to see more play out here over the next 25 or 30 picks, but um, what are you guys thinking as you start to look ahead now to tomorrow night? I don't know if we should hang up on tonight. That's what I was going to say. Is, is there a chance... Especially with the mm-hmm. with prospect of the Patriots pick still being there and a certain Whoa. tight end still being here, <laughs> you I'm not saying that that's I'm not saying that's going to happen. But 
I'm with Collar. I I wouldn't put it past them to try. There's still a lot there. As things like this, develop, this there round, are a lot of good players. This round is really weird, and you've gotten some big-time help from some teams that probably should make changes in their personnel department in the next 24 hours. So, <laughs> But they won't. But, but, but to your point, Judd, 32 could be in play. If you're the Patriots, I mean, it makes sense to try and get a Gronkowski light to put with Tom Brady you're always going all in and going for it. So if you don't feel like there's a game changer at 32, if you're the Patriots right away, you should do something like that for a proven player. And if you're the Vikings, there's going to be other guys on the board here, especially wide receivers like Hollywood Brown. But if Greedy Williams is there at 32, there's your cornerback. It, it, It could be very interesting as we get toward the end of the first to see if the Vikings do try to get up there by trading either Trey Waynes or Kyle Rudolph. Rick Spielman uh, speaking right now after the selection of Garrett Bradbury and saying very GM-like things. First of all, he said, by far, Garrett Bradbury was the number one guy on our draft board and the guy we wanted all along, which I never know whether or not to believe that because they're always going to say that. I do think that's true because coming out of the combine, someone told me Bradbury is their guy. Okay, and of course you're always like, well, I don't know, right? You know, but but I think that even then they were interested in him, and he was at their top of the list. Spielman also just said the one thing I know is Bradbury doesn't play corner, so I can go home tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And and really, and you know who's ticked off right now, Mike Zimmer. Actually, but for the first time, you can believe a GM when he says that was our guy because they could have taken Jawan Taylor, or they could have taken the best corner in the draft. They could have taken Andre Dillard. I'm buying that he was their guy. He also uh, was asked about the possibility of trading down. He said, we had a couple opportunities calls, but we felt strongly this was a unique opportunity to get a very Mm. good football player to come into our program. That is the question that we're going to ask with this draft for sure as we come out of the first round is I, I made a quick list of the guys that were available that I think would have been good fits. And I included DK Metcalf because he was rated very high by some people. Jawan Taylor, Andre Dillard, Greedy Williams, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, Montez Sweat, and Cody Ford. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players that you would have been pretty happy with. That's where we're going to ask, should you have traded down when there's seven players or more? I mean, that's just a couple that I swiped off the top that you would have been happy with at that point. I think in a different year, the answer to that question is probably definitely yes. Uh-huh. I think the circumstances of where this team is at right now and and the fact that they were, were faced with taking a list of players that they probably liked a lot, but, but there was you know, most likely a clear-cut one guy there, because of where things stand with this franchise right now, it made the most sense not to trade. In a different year with different circumstances, I would say that, that Spielman would have probably preferred to trade. He just didn't feel comfortable in this case. Ooh, interesting quote from Mike Zimmer. Validating a Judd Zolgad I quit. take I quit. from this That's, week. I'm leaving. No, no, Judd, you'll like this. This is from our buddy uh, Chris Long, 5 Eyewitness News. Zimmer, quote, This is a guy who's been on our radar for quite a while. Gary Kubiak had the opportunity all fall to evaluate a lot of college football players. This was one of his favorite guys. Boom, roasted. I mean, that is exactly what Judd's been saying all week. Head coach offense. But you know what? That's fine. That's not an indictment or criticism. This is what you need. You needed Kubiak to tell you this guy works. You now have, ideally, if this works out, you now have guys on both sides of the football who know exactly what they they need. I, I think the most... Cliched thing now is take the best player. Well, what does that mean? Like best we have athlete a trade guys. Uh, 
Oh no, this was this was a previous trade, was it not? Or did this just happen? No, nope. I think this, this just, just happened. happened. Oh, Packers move up to twenty. Trade alert. We have a trade in the NFL draft. <laughs> Zip your mouth, Ronnie. Yeah, so, so the Packers uh, are jumping up to 21? Yeah, Packers moved up to 21. Uh, they traded with the Seahawks. I'm trying to get all the details right now. I know the, the the Seahawks moved down to 30. That much I know. I don't know what else exactly is involved in the deal. I we'll, don't have we'll, all the details. We'll get you the pick in a second here. Roger Goodell is still taking a lift from the green room to the actual podium. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait for Lindsay's signal there. Uh, Lance Zierlein tweeted out that... Uh, his dad worked with Garrett Bradbury at the Senior Bowl and said that there are elements of his game that reminded him of Kevin Mawai. Okay. This is a tremendous prospect that they got. Interesting. And uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who's been on the NFL Network panel all night long, has been comparing Bradbury to all of the top centers in the yes. NFL, essentially. Yep. Uh, so he's sitting next to Kurt Warner and David Shaw, which is an awesome panel tonight. And the Packers, like we said, the, the pick is in at 21. So Seattle gets uh, Green Bay's one and two fourth round picks to move up to to the 21 spot for the Packers. So this will this will be an interesting pick here. And the Ravens are now on the clock at 22. So we're uh, we're getting to the the last third of the draft. Let's go to the podium here in Nashville and get the Packers pick. Roger. The Seattle Seahawks Thanks, have Roger. traded the 21st pick to the Green Bay Packers. And with the 21st pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Darnell Savage, defensive back, Maryland. Mm. Come on! Football! Okay. Th- any thoughts on a savage pick by the Packers there? Uh, no, but I, I think that they got the best <laughs> safety in the draft. They let Ha Clinton Dix go, and they continue to stack up the defensive side. But they signed a safety. They got Adrian Amos from the Bears. Yeah, uh, I think that this guy is the best safety in the entire draft, and when you're getting toward the bottom of the first and you're getting the best possible player at a position, whether it was the corner, but they took two corners last year and now a safety, you've got to feel pretty good about that. And that's where... I, I do wonder, as we get a little bit closer here to the bottom of the first, you start thinking about, like, Greedy Williams. Like, do you get will, back in? Yeah, absolutely. Do you get back in? Yeah. This is one where it's don't shut it off until it's over time. And you And you now have the pick that you wanted. And so now, and this is the time now, if you're going to get creative, to, to do so. But my point about best player, to go back to that, my point about that is we often cliche-wise just say take the best available guy out there, and that uh, that means talent and athletic ability. I get all that. But I think in professional football, the key things that need to go together are the best player who also fits your scheme. Yeah. So, like, in this case, if this guy, if Kubiak said, hey, this guy is a dead ringer for what I need, it makes a ton of sense. Because if you just go with, let's just get the best guy, and and we, we've got a choice of uh, three old linemen out there, and these guys are all pretty good, but which one fits you? And if Kubiak and and Zimmer can now identify exactly what's going to fit their schemes, and defensively, we, we know that's been happening here for a good four or five years, that's the most important thing. And, and you were exactly right, Judd, to say all week long that Gary Kubiak becomes a very interesting part of this entire thing that they initially tried to downplay Gary Kubiak's role and say mm-hmm. things like, oh, you know, he's an offensive assistant of assisting or whatever. And right. it's like, 
You don't just bring in Gary Kubiak to barely use him. You're going to use him for a lot of things. And he scouted all these players uh, uh, during his time at Denver. And you knew he was going to be a big part of this process. And he would be the guy you'd listen to most for what works with my scheme. But Zimmer said that even Andre Patterson was watching defensive linemen and picked out Garrett Bradbury and said, who the heck is this guy? And probably against Clemson, because those would have been guys they would have done a lot of research on. This one was someone that made so much sense for them the entire time. But as we get down now toward the bottom, are there other guys that fit? Are there other guys that they would want? Who you know Who's left on the board here that the Vikings could take? It, it gets interesting in terms of a trade back in, but your point was exactly right on, that Kubiak was a big part of this, and that's quite clear. Lance Zierlein, uh, draft net, NFL Draft Network analyst. Uh, said, Are you going to read the same tweet that I read a few minutes ago? The don't, one about his dad do it. at the Senior Bowl? And Kevin, <laughs> and Kevin Mawai? Did I miss that? I'm sorry. Yes. There's a lot going on here right now. I don't. My head's The Bears spinning. aren't even picking in the first round. Uh, I know. I'm trying to keep up with everything and be good at my job, and it's making me worse at my this job. Does, sorry. This does continue, though, what, what's been a trend in, in this town since the Vikings got here in uh, 61, basically, of you've had a lot of good, and they have not necessarily been high draft picks, but your your center position, for the most part, has been solidified through th- the years very, very well. Tinglehofer, yep. how long? Yeah. Um, Loudermilk played there and was outstanding. Clearly, uh, Burke. Jeff Christie. Sullivan was a nice, exactly. So you have had... A, a offensive line that in the in that position at that position I should say for a long time for the most part has consistently been very good and, and I still believe that Pat Elfline can be a very good player on this offensive line but he actually might be a better player at guard than he is at center or at least he started more at guard at Ohio State he had higher grades for pro football focus at Ohio State as a guard than he did a center. And I wonder if it takes some of the pressure off him against these defensive tackles who, by the middle end of last year, we saw teams lining up right over him. Not even shaded over him so they could double team, but right over the top of him to overpower him a little bit. This might help a bit with that so he could work off double teams instead of having to take guys on -on one-on-one. And he might get more out of what he already has than he was going to at center. And now Bradbury's a guy who just has a different level of ceiling. So you're right about getting potentially the next big-time center for this team. Well, there's a lot of false bravado and full beer cans being thrown on TV. That means the Eagles pick is in <laughs> at 22. <laughs> and so we'll uh, we'll go to the podium here right now, actually. Roger Goodell is uh, making the stroll again. The Baltimore Ravens have traded the 22nd pick to the Philadelphia Eagles with the 22nd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. The Philadelphia Eagles select Andre Dillard, tackle. There it is. Washington State. Yeah, that's that was that was a name that was was floating around with the Vikings at eighteen. Well, Jason Peters is one hundred and fifty two years old, so this and is, hurt constantly now. Yeah, this is kind of their next Jason Peters. They don't mess around with their tackles. Lane Johnson and Andre Dillard. Their pass protection for Carson Wentz is going to be quite good. Jawan Taylor is still on the board. That's interesting for the Vikings potentially, and a real shocker. He was thought of by many as being the best tackle in this draft, and now they've seen quite a few offensive linemen go before him, but the one that doesn't surprise me one bit that is still on the board, the guy, D.K. Metcalf. 
a superhero at the NFL Combine in certain areas, but in other areas with quickness and short area quickness was really not that good. And when you look at the tape, and he's a deep threat for them and had some big, exciting plays, but was not a complete all-around wide receiver. So even if he's a freak, it doesn't mean that much if you can't play the position. I'll be interested to see because now we're in a spot where anybody who takes him, you're just you're getting a pick that is a very very talented guy and a, and a freak athlete. But um, I I would have been shocked if he was taken higher just because of a picture of his abs and a great performance <laughs> at the NFL Combine. But he's got to be a little surprised considering the hype that he had that he's dropped this far. I would have swiped right. I mean, yeah. What what pictures? Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, that just Google. Just but go to Google. I think his individual ab muscles, like each of the one of yeah. his eighteen pack, is is bigger than my bicep. Oh, for sure. I really do. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but now, if you want to know who's still on the board, if that's okay with you, Phil, um, you have for the Vikings potentially in the second round. You're looking at someone like Dalton Reisner, who we've talked a lot about. Eric McCoy is another interior offensive lineman. They should not trust Josh Klein to be good. He was cut by the Tennessee Titans while playing his own system. So this isn't even a system guy. This is someone who is a patchwork guard that they shouldn't care about at all. Uh, Greedy Williams is still there. Best corner in this draft, more likely than not. Montez Sweat is still there. Someone who had some red flags but is a high-potential type of guy. If they wanted to trade back in, there are plenty of solid prospects available, including even Irv Smith might be a tight end to watch as we go forward here as well. The Houston Texans are on the clock right now at 23, followed by the Oakland Raiders once again. The Oakland Raiders have another pick at 27 as well, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Mayock and John Gruden concoct. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Rami Makhlov, I'm Phil Mackey, and this is the Purple Daily Live Draft Special. We've been here all night long on Score North, and if you missed it, if you've been driving around or whatnot, if you missed it about 25 minutes ago, this is what the Vikings did with pick number 18. With the 18th pick in the 2019 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Garrett Bradbury, center, North Carolina State. Kirk Cousins, we don't have video on him, but he's celebrating along with Garrett Bradbury. This is the best center in the draft and one of the best to come out in the last handful of years. Guys, I, I call him the Grim Reacher, Coach, because I've never seen somebody reach more guys in the run game than what Garrett Bradbury does. He is outstanding with his quickness. You think about guys he reminds you of, you go back and look at uh, at Jason Kelsey and Ryan Khalil, he's that type of center. The quickness is off the charts. That was uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network calling Bradbury the Grim Reacher for his ability to get out in the run game. Interesting. Isn't it ironic, don't you think? Come on. Come on. Got nothing. What were you looking Grim. for? Okay, well, what isn't were you it the Zim Reaper? That? Zim Reaper is one of the nicknames for Mike Zimmer, head uh-huh. coach. It's ironic that oh, his. Okay. okay. I'm, no so I'm the only one, one that thought there. of that. Okay, Not I'll just shut my mic up. Ironic. Yeah. That whole, well, that whole song, yeah, that whole song is the wrong use of ironic. Alanis Morissette does not know the meaning of the word ironic. Or it's cautious. being ironic by uh, misusing ironic. That's not ironic. I mean, if it's either. raining on your wedding day, it's just, it's just, it's bad bad luck. crappy, right? It's, it's, it's bad yeah. luck on it's your wedding. Yeah. No, 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 Lindsay. So anyway, the board remains. Yeah, what's left still, on the board? Uh, <laughs> what's left on that board, Matthew? Collins? We're all getting punch drunk now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just we, wish I was getting drunk. Well, what, really, what I, what I'm just sitting here waiting for is. What is this going to look like going into tomorrow, for one? But also, um, the other part of it is 
could we see a trade back in? And of all the conversation, I don't think that Mike Zimmer wants to move Trey Waynes. I don't think that Mike Zimmer wants to move Kyle Rudolph. And there are other options. There is trying to attach a pick to trade Laquan Treadwell. There's a potential restructure with Riley Reef if they wanted to. They can cut Riley Reef after July 1 or June 1. Not that they would because they still need a left tackle, but there might be a restructure there as they go forward to get him more cash uh, so he can have a lower cap hit, something like that. All those things are still on the table. And they're worth watching as we get closer and closer to that New England pick. That's the one that we're focused on. Will New England actually make the pick? Or will the rumors kind of come together and the Vikings trade Kyle Rudolph there? Who's the most likely player that the Vikings would target if they were to make a trade with Patriots for that pick? Well, Grady Williams? Does, I mean, but or, or is he going to be gone soon? <laughs> it, it, it could be Greedy Williams, yeah, for sure. Uh, Houston up to the podium right now, I believe. 23rd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. The Houston Texans select Titus Howard. Tackle. Wow, okay. Alabama State. Football. Surprised? Reach? I'm where I'm really stunned here. There was a lot of buzz with Titus Howard being someone who would surprise us with how high he was picked, but Jawan Taylor dropping the way he is stuns me um, because he was getting a lot of buzz leading into this as, yeah, he's a right tackle, but he's a mauler and he's a beast. This is a guy who steps right in and makes a big impact for him to drop this far down the board is really stunning. And I mean, if you're the Vikings, you do have to consider as he continues to drop, could you fill guard or center kind of guard by moving elf line there and tackle in in the same night? It would be bold, but him and Cody Ford still being on the board, that's really interesting. Um, I'm jumping I'm over. Try, I'm trying. I'm going to. Uh, I just went to. I opened up drafttech.com. I'm going to try and figure out the value. Of the pick trade up, yeah. that the well, Vikings are trading up to, you do have to factor in that they could move players, also. Right, so it's That's not true. just it's not just draft capital. That is true. So don't do it. You don't want me to do it. Well, you can do whatever you want. We got time. <laughs> well, come on, let's not fight Before about Lindsay it. Before Lindsay starts singing again, you better do it. <laughs> nope. nope, too no, late. No, nope. Matthew, no, it's too late. Too late for that. Everyone so what would it take in terms of draft room. capital? So um, let's see. Where, where do we want to move up to? 23 just win. Are we trying to get 24 from, from Oakland? Where, where do you want to go? Yeah, let's say they're trying to get 24. Okay, that pick is worth, according to this uh, chart I'm looking at, 740 points Great. in the draft chart. Let's see uh, what the Vikings have available to them. At 50, that pick is worth 400. So if they gave up that pick and... It would, their it next would, one is at 81, is it, that it right? It would have to be a player, I would think. Yeah, their next pick at 81 is worth 185 points. So that only gets you up to 585. And like I said, number 24 is worth 740. So I, unless you want to throw more resources, draft resources, that is, other than your second and third round pick at that, then I don't know how realistic it is to move up. Unless somebody in in the next few picks is interested and a player that you have, a Kyle Rudolph or a Trey Waynes. Well, and, and let's say that they don't even need to get up that high because there's a number of players here that you would be pretty happy with toward the end of the first round. And I don't think it's an insane drop-off early in the second, but when you get to mid-second, that's where you could look at wide receivers and other tight ends like Jay Sternberger or Dawson Knox that uh, did not go early. But there are still some top prospects. 
Greedy Williams, for example, the corner from LSU, Pro Football Focus had him as the ninth best prospect in the entire draft. Is this a situation... If that guy's there, that's really interesting. This is, in the case of of Williams and the... uh, the other player who is free falling pretty much. Is this a uh, case now that we are getting into teams know something about these players behind the scenes that's not out there? Potentially. Like yeah. that's this seems odd to me. A cornerback who's considered that good, a cornerback? Yeah, well that's we, that's not a normal free fall. No. If 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 a if a a lot of it is if a guy looks the part on film and a guy looks the part at the NFL combine with the measurements and still falls Way past where you would think. It's one hundred percent personality or right. or leadership or things like that or injury. Injury always plays a role too. So if you just go kind of guy by guy here, mm-hmm. I mean Montez Sweat. There was a red flag with his heart condition, I think, and he yes, you're they, right. his camp tried to leak it out there that it wasn't actually a big deal. But once you get that on you, we know from last year from Maurice Hurst, who was a first round talent, he dropped the fifth. Right. So uh, if uh, they don't usually want a player who could end up not being able to play football at all for them if uh, the heart is an issue. Jawan Taylor, I believe, was injured and did not participate in the combine or didn't participate in everything. That might play a role. DK Metcalf was maybe not actually that good at being a wide receiver. Greedy Williams did not have as good of a year last year as he had two years ago, mm-hmm. which may be some of the concern. It also just not might not match up. With the needs for some of these teams, where if you're Houston, you have to take a tackle. If you're Philly, you have to take a tackle when they're there on the board. There's this big domino effect going on from early in the draft with all the quarterbacks being taken and all the defensive players and some big-time reaches like Chris Lindstrom and Dexter Lawrence that have pushed down legitimate talents. And if you're the Vikings, there are receivers here. There's Marquise Brown. There's A.J. Brown. There's Paris Campbell. There's some really good wide receiving talent. We haven't seen a single receiver go yet. You know, let's say the Vikings don't trade back into the first round, uh, but but they either remain in the second round at their slot or trade up into the second round. They've done an amazing job over the past 10 or 12 years, Rick Spielman era, in the second round. So th- th- these are some of the names the Vikings have landed in the second round. So if you're... If you're wondering, all right, how much of a crapshoot is this next pick for the Vikings or what kind of players could we be looking at here? Sidney Rice was a second-round pick, and you could argue that Brett Favre made him, but Sidney Rice was good enough to catch 1,000 yards worth Mm -hmm. of passes and score a bunch of touchdowns and get a big contract. (laughs) Uh, Phil Lodeholt, Kyle Rudolph, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin Cook, Brian O'Neill, Mackenzie Alexander. These are all second-round picks for the Vikings. So this, I mean, historically, the last 10 or 12 years, this next pick whether it's late first round or in the second round, is going to be a starting caliber player if the Vikings do what they usually do. Uh, the Raiders pick at 24, by the way, is in, and we're just um, waiting for Roger Goodell here. By the way, Mike Zimmer did say you can't have enough corners about what's going to happen tomorrow. And I would tend he to... He said that today. I think he they're, both, that they're today. just trolling the he media. He said that today. But no corners off the board right now. I mean, if we're in the second round and there's still quality cornerbacks there, that is a serious need for the Vikings going forward. You have Holton Hill suspended. You have Trey Wayne's future unclear. You have Xavier Rhodes coming off a poor season. You have Mike Hughes coming off an ACL injury. It wouldn't be bad at all if the Vikings did go corner with this next pick. But that's fine now. Yes, 100%. This makes sense now. They they've triggered they've triggered the snowball down the hill that actually makes sense. Yes. A year ago... 
Mike Hughes is a nice player, but the problem was by not coming up in the second round then to grab an interior lineman, you had problems, right? So now if you're going to <laughs> if you're going to go about this the right way, I'm fine with taking a cornerback tomorrow. Wow. The uh, Raiders. The Raiders here. Wow. Told you. Did he get picked up? Oh yeah. With the 24th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Josh Jacobs, running say, back. On, there you go. Uh, running back. With everybody on the board right now, a running back. That's, that's gross incompetence. That's stunning. Good luck, Vegas. Have so luck. much for have what we were saying that. at the start of the show about that trade working out for the Raiders. I mean, you can't draft, you can't well, grade a draft until years after it's been done. But so far, what they've done wait, doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And tonight. Josh Jacobs ran a four six forty, yeah. and you're drafting him in the first well, round. We we said <laughs> football speed that Phil. if there were teams football that were going to screw this thing up in terms of changing how we viewed it, it was going to be the Giants and Raiders, yep. and that is a hundred percent what happened here. <laughs> yes. And it is it worked out to the benefit of the Vikings to get whatever darn player they wanted, and it might work out really well for them again in the second or late in the first the, if they trade back in here. But the point now is, is more than ever now with, with how this is transpiring and, and coming out, you got to give thought to getting back in. Oakland's just Oakland's opening 100%. the door constantly. Well, this is gross incompetence. It's it's fantastic. We will absolutely just in case the Vikings do trade back in, we will stay live. Let's squeeze in a final commercial break real quick here, so we can reset for the stretch run uh, between picks twenty five and uh, and thirty two. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North, ScoreNorth.com, the Score North mobile app. And streaming live also on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad from the TCL studio. Draft. All right, let's go. It's NFL Draft Night on Score North. It's the Purple Daily Live Draft Special on Score North. Sure is. Also on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We're very, very easy to find on all your platforms. It's at SKOR North. I'm Rami Makloff, along with Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar. We got the whole team here this afternoon. Lindsey Brown on the other side of the glass. Manny's been around helping. Ross is here as well. If you're just tuning in, if you haven't been following the NFL draft, A, what's wrong with you? B, the Vikings stood pat at number 18, did not move up or move down. They take center Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State, and we were joined by uh, Gary Hahn, the voice of uh, Wolfpack football, and he gave us some great insight on Mr. Bradbury. He's high on him, says the Vikings are getting a very good football player. If you missed that, if you missed any of this show today, you can find this and all our Vikings programming. Just search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts, or like I said, you can get it at scorenorth.com. We got the app, and you win cool things for listening on the app, so get that. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to your favorite podcast. Have we had any action uh, while I was uh, going through all the plugs, etc.? Oh, I'm looking up at the TV now, and there's a trade. The Eagles get 22 overall, sending to the Ravens 25, and then uh, the second and sixth round pick. Trade alert. We have a trade in the NFL draft. Just in case you, in case you missed it there, and the the Ravens pick is in that they acquired there, so that puts the Indianapolis Colts on the clock at number twenty six. This would be a team that w- it might be very interesting for the second round for the Vikings to keep an eye on if they don't draft Greedy Williams or Rockhouse in or one of the other cornerbacks that could be first round. Uh, Indianapolis, I mean, um, 
they could be someone that looks for a veteran cornerback. And Trey Wayne's name naturally has been out there quite a bit. Uh, that is a team that's interesting to watch here because <laughs> if they don't go corner, then they'll still be looking for one in tomorrow's in NFL second round. Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Marquise Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. There it is. That's the uh, that's the wide receiver that you've been Hollywood talking about. Hollywood Brown. It's an exciting pick for the Baltimore Ravens because they have Lamar Jackson, who is not the absolute best thrower of the football, but is an incredibly exciting player and presumably will get better as he goes along. But they lost Michael Crabtree, free agency. They don't really have um, a lot of playmakers outside of Mark Andrews is a solid tight end, but. Uh, they needed somebody who's explosive and dynamic, and Marquise Brown has made Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray look pretty good uh, the last couple of years. He's slender, and so that might be a concern for some teams that he does not weigh 220 pounds or something like that. But this guy can fly and is an all-around receiver. I was interested in him if he dropped any farther than this. But uh, that's going to be good for the Ravens. That's exactly what they needed. You know, um, on, on a sort of similar note here, so we were looking up earlier today, Collar, Vikings wide receiver first-round draft picks in, uh, well, since the merger. And uh, the Vikings have taken five wide receivers in the first round, and there's no middle ground. They've taken Randy Moss, Percy Harvin, and then they've taken Cordell Patterson, Laquan Treadwell, and Troy Williamson. And I feel like that's the way it works in the first round. For whatever reason, like wide receivers in the first round are either, uh, was it Justin Blackman where you just can't get out of the gate? Uh, Troy Williamson couldn't really yeah. get out of the gate. Or you wind up with a multi-time pro bowler who goes for five plus uh, 1,000 yard seasons. I tend to think that most positions are like this, but receiver really goes down in flames when it's bad. If it's a bad offensive lineman, he might play for a little bit and you might hear about it, but probably not. Like DJ Fluker or something. Like, did, does anyone really care that DJ Fluker wasn't that good? But if it's a wide receiver, it's going to be someone who had a lot of attention, a lot of name coming out. And when they go kablooey, it's usually ugly. They can't run routes. They can't catch the football. I mean, it shows. Or, or in Cordero's case, you have to at least find a way to use them, but it's not a traditional way. I feel like. My conclusion is, if I was a GM and drafting that position, if it's a top 10 talent, i take that player for sure. Because those guys are, are very special. I've almost come to the conclusion now that if it's, it's a guy who's going to fall in the 20s, I'm much more likely to try to take a receiver in the second or third round than late first round. Because it seems like those guys are, it's not that they're always bad, but I don't know that, that the risk is worth it. And there are just certain positions that I see across the board as 1 through 32 first-round picks, cornerbacks, to me. Which, which is why the Hughes pick, to me, it was sort of mistimed, but it's not a terrible pick. He, he might turn out to be a good player. But if you're taking a, a wide receiver, for instance, where the Vikings took Laquan, I'd almost be much more tempted no. to say, let's wait till the third round and try and get a guy like that. Uh, we will take phone calls if you have thoughts. This is sort of a hybrid Vikings vet line if you want it to be. <laughs> What's up? People on Uh-oh, the stream seeing Judd with his hood up. And oh. like, I, I, asked, I, hadn't, I hadn't really looked up in a while from my computer. It was just like the Grim Reaper over there. <laughs> That's cool. Actually, Judd, like, can you, even, you can't even really see Judd on no, the stream. No, you can just see my face right now. I'm That's looking actually at it. just the ghost of death. Judd, no, he looks I've like been here a long time. He looks Darth like Palpatine Judd. from uh, Darth the Star Wars series. Six, <laughs> 
651-646-8255. It's Phil Mackey, Matthew Collar, Rami Makhlov, and Judd Zolgad. And we go to Sam on line one. What's going on, Sam? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I kind of have a... I'm all about hot takes, and I think that the Vikings really should look at the wide receiver position. I know that's a little crazy, but DK Metcalf, look at that guy. I love a strong man, and when I see a guy like that, I want him on my team. He could do 100 push-ups. He could run a 440. I mean, I think, he, uh, I think he could get on the team. I like what he's doing, and I think he can be some physical asset. And something we don't have. It's not some puny wide receiver. Yeah. As, uh, I don't know. We don't need know. those Chad BBs running around. They're puny little <laughs> routes, right, Sam? That's what I'm saying. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Amari Stoudemire jersey right now. My string arms are hanging out a bit, and I look bad. But DK Metcalf, he looks good. Yeah. He would look good on the Vikings. I agree with football. Sam. <laughs> Thanks, Lucas. Be wary of the football player who looks good for he does not necessarily have as much talent as you believe. Looks oh, like Tarzan if, plays like Jane. If you yeah. look like DK Metcalf and you're not taking that high, that means there's some serious concerns about you as an actual wide receiver. But at some point, for one of these teams that's coming up, it's one of those formulas where how can you not when he's that much of a freak and has that high of a ceiling? I mean, this is a, in terms of a physical specimen, a Terrell Owens type of physical specimen that could be uh, one of the better deep wide receivers in the league, or you could throw it to him short and he could just slam everybody over like Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile. I just run around people. Uh, if, if only football I, I, really Tech Mobile. I don't think that uh, DK Metcalf is necessarily someone the Vikings should be thinking about trading back in for. I think Greedy Williams is. Um, especially, you know, if somebody drops, but you're talking about letting them work with Mike Zimmer as a cornerback, okay, whatever the flaws are, that's fine with me if the guy's got an incredibly high ceiling and uh, you could potentially get him here. I would prefer the corner to DK Metcalf, but if you're one of these other teams that's already good and maybe this is a luxury pick for you, uh, they should be going for it. Washington is on the clock right now. They seem like a DK Metcalf team. Washington? Absolutely. Yes, at 26. And then the Raiders at 27 also seem like we have back-to-back DK Metcalf teams with the Raiders picking at 27. Daniel Snyder likes a strong man, just like (laughs) Sam who just called in. Let's go to uh, Seattle where Derek is uh, on the line. You're on a live draft special edition of Purple Daily. Derek, what's going on? Hey, I love the Garrett Bradbury pick. I would like to see him just stay where they are in the second round and get an offensive tackle next. I think there's a lot of guys that will be there. Um, that will help the running game. It will help the passing game. And hopefully it will help uh, Kirk Cousins fumble a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, so, you're right. That's, that's a, a huge issue. But, but to your point, the same way the first round went, where it just everything lined up perfectly to give them the pick of the litter, it could go that way in the second round with Jawan Taylor dropping. Someone will take him early in the second round or late in the first here. And then you're looking at Cody Ford is still around, which I'm not shocked by. Dalton Reisner, Eric McCoy is an interior uh, offensive lineman, but Caleb McGarry and Greg Little, all these guys, these usually tackles aren't around in the second round if they're a pretty good prospect. But in this case, like with Dalton Reisner would be a guy I'd really have an eye on. That could happen, and I don't think the Vikings would be nuts at all to take two offensive linemen with their first two picks, and it would be largely celebrated by Vikings fans. Uh, 651-646-8255. Danny. Danny on line one. What's hey, I'm going here. On? How's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Hey, a uh, question about this uh, elf line moving to guard. Um, I think I read or heard somewhere that they're 
be a question about his size and whether he, he'd be big enough to hold down that spot, especially when you're talking about guys like um, Hakeem Hicks and sort of other guy, other guys in, in the, in the division and whether or not he'd be able to handle, he'll, he'll be able to handle um, guys like that. Yeah. In, in terms of his size, he's about, in fact, almost exactly the same size as Nick Easton and Josh Klein. So I, I don't think that that will be a huge issue. They're all six, three, Josh Klein, Nick Easton and Pat Elfline and all right around 300 pounds. And when he was healthy, uh, Pat Elfline was pretty good in terms of facing off with some of the better interior defensive linemen that, that he did battle with in his first year. We were impressed by the way he handled those guys in 2017, considering the quality of competition he went up against. Last year, I will just continue to say, John Filippo did him no favors, a serious injury, their schedule and who they had to face. He had to come back against Aaron Donald. I mean, this guy had everything go against him. And considering he actually has more experience, games played in college at guard than center, um, I think that this works from a bunch of different levels. Uh, Washington, uh, while we were uh, while we were taking the phone call there, uh, Washington's selection came in, and uh, it's Montez Sweat to uh, yeah, Washington. Yeah, sense. So. They lost Preston Smith to pass rusher. Sweat was a top talent with uh, a couple of red flags, but someone who was initially pegged to be a top ten pick. Are we still thinking it's a it's a good fit for the Vikings to move up at this point? At least for day one, or do you think it's it's not worth it anymore? No, I still think it is. Uh, Jawan Taylor, I would have been on board with him at eighteen. Man, I mean, and they could literally revamp their the entire half of their and, offensive and line. Even at this point, if it this was, may unite your staff, this may we will talk about in OTAs how great this offensive line looks after they potentially even could trade up and take Dalton Reisner or the cornerback Greedy Williams. The fact that these guys are still here. Really surprises me. And there are others that uh, are good players, too. I, I would be for it. I, though, when guys get pushed down the board and you're at 50, you're still thinking, well, there might be a good prospect there. But the farther you go along, the less chance you have to get someone who was a true first-round talent. How many times would you see uh, on Pro Football Fo- Focus's big board a top-10 pick still be there at what are we at twenty seven right now? Mm-hmm. But but that's what we have. The Raiders with, are on the with, clock with, again. With to try and screw this things is, up. This is the most surprising first round as far as a, a fairly substantial group of good players free falling in a long time. Oh, for sure. Like there's yeah. been one guy sometimes, but this or, is a bunch ordinar- of guys. Yeah, and ordinarily, if it's one guy, it comes back to character concerns. It comes back to a definite thing. This is actually what what you have is a group of what two or three teams here making picks that baffle us all. And it, it's forcing guys down the board, and it's absolutely bizarre because at the worst, ordinarily, I think you get one team that fools people, and you're like, what the heck is that team doing? Yeah. But we're sitting on at least two, if not three, teams doing that. Yeah. I'm looking at Pro Football Focus's big draft board here, uh, just rank, uh, ranked on the talent, and Greedy Williams is ninth. They also, This one is a little surprising. Jerry Tillery is an interior defensive lineman from Notre Dame, but another guy who could be intriguing they had him as seventh, so that was surprisingly high, probably higher than most. But looking um, at some of the other picks, Jawan Taylor was 15th, DK Metcalf was 17th on their list, DeAndre Baker was 16th, Dalton Reisner 19th, A.J. Brown 20th. All those guys are still on the board, Cody Ford 22nd. So we're talking about you know, a third of PFF's top 25 players or, or whatever it might be, uh, 
still being there for the potentially for the Vikings to trade back in if they want to. So uh, people are picking up on not your hoods down now, but people are well, picking up on, on Judd's hood. And I think Roger MPLS has the best nickname for hood up Judd on the live stream. Yep, the Unimocker. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I'll go back to it. Being <laughs> so if people didn't see it, they can see it now. My head was cold because the air conditioning turned on. Oh, man. I, uh, now it's warm. I, I tweeted out a gif of uh, Emperor Palpatine from Star yes. Wars wearing his hood, and it says, everything is proceeding exactly as I have foreseen. That was Judd breaking down Except for we the first round. exactly foresee it to be this good. Uh, Jake Frack tweeted, hashtag Darth Judd. I like Darth Judd. This, but. this guy says that there needs to be a new segment where Judd predicts sports doom. That would not be hard. In fact, that's, that's I guarantee we could, every show. I guarantee we could sponsor that Monday without a problem. Friday, four to six. Yeah, four to six. I'll be uh, happy by the to way, uh, Rami, uh, you're getting corrected on our Twitch feed uh, because it's GIF. Uh, oh, it's not the, oh, we're not going to get into that. Those no, people, Courtney Crone is one of those people. All, all I'll Why? say, all I'll say about this is that the inventor of the GIF said it's GIF. So you go tell him he's wrong. I say GIF, Stop it. but also please, I'm sorry, the, does the it matter? Fight over it. No, it doesn't. Matter. It absolutely it matters. matters. It matters. Language, no, ma- words matter, Judd. Words are real words. GIF or GIF is not a real it's word. A real it's word. in the dictionary. The Raiders pick is in, and we're just waiting for Roger Goodell to walk to the podium and tell us officially that DK Metcalf okay. uh, is going oh, is to be back. I have no idea. But Hood's back up, seems by like the way. a very. Hood's back up. Tune in, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we just saw a, wow, a spike in viewership with Judd's Hood yep. back it up. Is, yeah. um, it is fascinating to see what the Raiders have done here. They pick a guy way too high, then they pick a running back. Like, uh, what's next? And they sent their scouts home. And they picked a running back, too. I mean, just a running back alone. Well, it is hilarious because people say they reached for their number four pick, and then they picked a running back. So they must have known that the scouts were going to tell them on both. This is not advised. Do not do either of these things. Okay, cool. Then you're not going to be in the room. Yeah, I guess. So are they going to draft? uh, It looks like they're going to draft a safety here. (laughs) Still no corners. This makes no sense. Somebody had the stat that, like, in the last five years, there had been something like 23 corners in the first round. All right, let's go out to Nashville Trade here back and find for out. Greedy Williams. <laughs> With the 27th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Jonathan Abram, defensive back, Mississippi State. Okay. He's a safety? By yeah, the way, he, that's the... Uh... He's a safety that I was kind of looking at in the second round, potentially, for the Vikings. Sort of a box safety, if you will. Sure. A hard-hitting safety, playmaker... I mean, I think this is the Raiders' best pick in terms of value uh, because he was talked about as a first-round pick in the late first. So that's probably a solid selection for the Raiders. But again, when you're looking at this board, the Vikings have to be making some phone calls here. I'm sure they are. To get up into day one still. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, just Jawan Taylor as a potential yeah, right tackle. Sense. Even if he doesn't play this year, you probably cut Riley Reef after next season. And Green, don't Green forget Williams, Paris Campbell is a wide receiver. AJ Brown, Cody Ford, a tackle or mm-hmm. uh, guard if you want him to be. Jerry Tillery's a defensive tackle. The talent right now still on the board is kind of ridiculous. And don't, don't forget too, 2012 after the Vikings took Khalil fourth overall in that draft, they got back in late that night to the first round, 29th, traded with Baltimore and took Harrison Smith. So yeah, they've done this before. There's precedent. It's very doable, but this and this is like that draft in the sense that Harrison Smith probably at that point had no business being there, and the Vikings were smart enough to say, okay, yeah, if you're going to let him free fall, yeah, 
We'll stop it. Well, if you if you really feel like you landed a franchise, like a 10-year franchise center in the first round, and you're in a win-now window, and you think you can add an immediate, whatever that position is, if you can add an immediate impact rookie to help with these next two years and also be a, a part of your long-term future, um, I'm, I'm okay with them trading back into the first round. So the Chargers are up next here, and they're a team that is looking to win now. They could trade out of that pick potentially. But what we're really going to focus on, then it's Seattle twice, and I think they have a lot of needs. To, so they'll make those picks. But 32nd in New England. We got to stay on the radio until 32nd in Absolutely. New England. Absolutely. We're not going anywhere. Way, that's the one that uh, that could happen there. This is about the 50th time they've shown the Ned Yost phone commercial. Did you mm-hmm. guys know Ned Yost fell 20 feet out yeah. of a tree and almost died? Broke his hip. Here's yeah. that, right? Ned Yost. Gosh, they play that commercial but he survived because his phone was fantastic. But like Ned Yost was just sitting there with a shattered hip in the woods. Does anyone know on NFL who's watching NFL Network who Ned Yost is? <laughs> no, nope. it's a good question. That's the thing about that commercial <laughs> is that they don't. There isn't like a caption on the screen that says Ned Yost, Royals you manager. Just recognize me. They just expect expect you to <laughs> like, recognize him. I bet you most people just think, or they know you don't care. He's an old white dude who fell out of a tree while like, he was deer imagine hunting. Imagine if it was like Jacques Martin or something. Like, <laughs> I fell out of a tree stand. Like, oh, this old guy fell out of a tree stand. I I feel bad for him because of the crappy baseball he's had to watch the last two years or three well, years. Well, he could have gotten out with his ring. There's no reason. Why is he even still the manager at this point? You got a ring. Baseball lifer. Well, he really is. Well, Mike I, I, I cover, for a long time, too. I covered Ned Yost in, in Milwaukee. That guy is, he's he's baseball. Like, he, he probably, he, the same way Collar greets people with football, mm. Ned Yost football. probably greets people with baseball. He cut for the Braves, right? I'm yes. glad you brought up football because oh. that's what we're talking about here. That is what we're so, talking oh, about. So, oh, I'm sorry let, about let me, that. Uh, let me I have my, uh, this baseball conversation derailed. Let me give you Pro Football Focus's best available. Okay. Uh, Byron Murphy is a cornerback who is rated really high, but is kind of like a one-trick pony zone type of player, and I'm not sure that fits with the Vikings. Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame, big, tall guy, three-technique defensive tackle, Greedy Williams, Jawan Taylor, DeAndre Baker's another corner, DK Metcalf, Dalton Reisner, A.J. Brown, Cody Ford. So those are the guys that they have as being the best available, and those are all first-round talents. What would you be willing to trade in terms of draft capital to move up into the first round? I have my draft value chart up in front of me now, so I'm trying to figure out if this is doable. Say again? I said, what would you be willing to trade in terms of draft capital hey, Jimmy Johnson, to get up the into question. the end of the first round? Because I have my draft value chart up, and I'll see if yeah. it's possible. Like, can you can you, uh, oh, okay. can you you trade, would it be like a third-round pick to get to the to get one of these Seahawks first-rounders? Seahawks, they have uh, the 29th and 30th pick, right? Yeah, so let's say you wanted that, that 30th pick. Uh, that 30th pick is worth 620 draft points on the draft chart. Vikings have 400 in their second-round pick. They have another 185 in their third round pick. So you might mm. be able to convince the Seahawks to give up number 30 for, for a second, for a second and a third. I second think, and a third. I think it's got to be a player. I mean, maybe you could get that done. And, and I would say yes, if you could. If you could trade your second and third up to get the talent that you have right here. Normally, I'm against trading up because the more picks you have, the more swings you have. But the talent that's still there is... So absurd at some positions that the Vikings really need that I would say it's worth that at this point to move a third and a second. Because if we're talking about you, you've really been on this, Judd, win now type of players, impact right away players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the third round, it's very unlikely that you're getting those. 
But <laughs> at the end of the se- uh, this round, and, and even the middle of the second, but at the end of this round, there are guys that are definitely still there who are impact players right away. And if you think... If you think Rick Spielman loves his draft picks, John Snyder loves his draft picks in Seattle. If there's, especially since they have two of the remaining five picks in the draft, if there's a team who is a likely trade partner left in the first round here, it's probably the Seahawks because they love stockpiling draft picks. Okay, can't the, get the, enough of it. The Chargers uh, pick is in, and Roger. What they just cut to the crowd, and Roger Goodell happening? in a full suit is like mingling with Chargers fans in the crowd. So. I don't know. Is he going to make three, the pick from the crowd? All three of them. Yeah, both Chargers. It's not like they have a lot of here. fans. He's, dead. He's like, thank God you like no, the they Chargers. Show, they showed live in Los Angeles a bunch of Chargers fans filling the streets and watching the draft and cheering, I guess. How many of those so people how much were, were they paid? I was yeah. going to say, how many of those people were paid to go sit in the streets and watch the Chargers draft? <laughs> exactly. A lot of money. So, <laughs> All right, let's, let's pick. All right. Are we going to the podium I got a question here? for Carl after that. Is Goodell going to make this uh, make this happen? I lied. Pause. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, full start. So, Collar, would there be a case to be made for trying to make a trade right now that would involve Trey Waynes and a draft pick being traded to take Greedy? Would would he be, could he step in? Because the one thing with Waynes, where I'll hedge my bets a little bit, is he's going to walk. He's going to play for uh-huh. you in 2019 yep. and walk. So if I could get a guy who's going to be comparable and can step in and play cornerback, and now I've got him on a rookie contract. And by the way, if I get him in the first round, I've got five years of control. Sure, yeah. So would that work? I would say yes, because of the caliber of competition Greedy Williams played. He could at least step into a role immediately. Mm-hmm. So the good thing that the Vikings have, and I know that Xavier Rhodes is coming off of a, a bit of a tough year, but Xavier Rhodes is locked on to the number one wide receiver every single week. So when you play <laughs> Atlanta, it's Julio Jones versus Xavier Rhodes. So whoever else is uh, the cornerback's, are not going to face that top competition right away. All right, let's see who San well San Diego slash L A is going to pick here. Pick twenty eight. With the twenty eighth pick in the two thousand nineteen NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle. Yep, Notre that was Dame. a guy that uh, targeted for the Vikings potentially interior defensive lineman. Uh, a Golden Domer. You can never go wrong with a non-quarterback Golden Domer. If you what, draft what is, quarterback what is Golden Domer, for loving Notre Dame so much. My grandpa played for Newt Rockney. Oh, okay. In the late 1920s. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, so I family kind of grew up with uh, Notre Dame bloodlines in it. Yeah, so take that. I can accept that. <laughs> you can. He actually can. he played in the, in the leather helmet days too. Way Why did back. you say take that? I just asked. The, like you got because he's, de- he's defensive. You got me answering he's the question about because it's getting late and we're all getting testy. All right, <laughs> is true. let's not throw rocks from glass houses, boys. Big punch so does <laughs> Eagles fan throw rocks Kansas. around a palace? So I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like an Eagles fan so throwing the, diet Dr. Peppers at you. So the <laughs> potential, <laughs> the potential Wayne's trade though in that in that case might make sense because oh, here, yeah. here's the thing about getting back in the the first round that teams like about it and it makes a ton of sense. If you draft a second through seventh round, it's four year contracts. Yep. The fifth year option, while it can be expensive, gives you a year of control that has value to it. So, so if the Vikings get back in at, let's say, 31 or 32 or something like that, they do have a, a level of control with what could be a starting player on opening day that you don't have if you take a guy tomorrow. 
So I look at 32 for this because in a lot of ways, I would not expect Seattle or the Los Angeles Rams to be interested in helping the Minnesota Vikings at all. Uh, Seattle's got to play the Vikings next year, though they helped the Vikings by giving them Tom Johnson back for free. But um, New England is has no connection to the Vikings here. They don't play the Vikings next season. They need a tight end. I mean, also, Belichick loves his cornerbacks, too. Maybe that would be an option for them. Seattle did lose a cornerback in free agency in Justin Coleman. I mean, I, I guess that could be a possibility from that perspective. But I look at this as if something's going to happen here, it would be Kyle Rudolph for 32 Man. or to trade the draft capital because Belichick does love to stack up draft picks also. And there are very few opportunities to do something like this, to get a prospect of this caliber. Um, but in this draft, it's just falling in a very, very unique way. But uh, to put uh, some coins in the trading of the 32nd pick bucket, I feel like the last couple of years, maybe the last three years, the Patriots have been much more willing to trade draft picks for established players in some yeah. cases. Because, And it makes sense if you're on the back end of a dynasty and your quarterback is 41 and the coach is, what's Belichick now, 66, 67, somewhere in there? I think for a while it made sense to always keep an eye on the future and build for the long term. But if you're Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and even like Robert Kraft at this point, I don't know how much do you really care about a five year plan? Go get right. another ring yeah. this year. Yep. So like, I don't think I certainly would never trade a first round pick for Kyle Rudolph, a 29 year old Kyle Rudolph. But if I thought I only had one more year left with the band and I just needed a reliable tight end after Gronk retires, I might overpay for that. The other thing, too, is that Kyle Rudolph might agree to a couple-year contract extension right away if they traded for him and say, oh, play with Tom Brady for the rest of Brady's career? Absolutely, I'll stay here. And that might be part of the conversation, too, is would he do that to increase the value of trading for him? And from the Vikings' angle, you would have to replace Kyle Rudolph, and that's not always easy. But there are tight ends down the board that could potentially do that, Jay Sternberger and Dawson Knox. And, I mean, with only a couple of picks here left, you're talking about Greedy Williams at some point, but A.J. Brown is a really good wide receiver out of Mississippi, Cody Ford, Dalton Reisner, and then Jawan Taylor is the really interesting one. And maybe the Patriots are looking at this and saying, wow, we can get another... Offensive linemen, I mean, they lost their left tackle to free agency. And uh, Isaiah Wynn is going to step in there, who they drafted in the first round last year. But, hey, another tackle potentially for us who dropped in the draft or another corner because they pay Stephon Gilmore a lot of money, so that means they can't pay too many other cornerbacks a lot of cash. Maybe the Patriots just say, nah, we're not trading out of this thing. I, I mean, I could see that. And then the Vikings go into tomorrow. But I, I see... A lot of options if the Vikings want weapons or if the Vikings want a corner tomorrow if they don't decide to do anything. Irv Smith is another tight end who could be really interesting if he drops as well. So there will be options at 50. It's not like they're going to be out in the cold at 50 because everyone's going to drop off. It's just that when you have these first-round talents, in some cases way up there in the first-round talents who have dropped to the bottom, that's always an area where you can sneak back in and get a, a steal. Uh, Doogie has this tweet about Bradbury, the Vikings' first-round pick. A couple of notes gathered talking to Bradbury or people people close to Bradbury. He didn't take one pre-draft visit. Teams knew how safe of a pick he'd be. That's yeah. interesting. Yep. Uh, I remember Daniel Jeremiah talking about safest picks in the draft, and he felt the same way with Bradbury. The other thing about Garrett Bradbury that's interesting 
And from the Vikings' perspective, this is great. If you were a team on the complete rebuild, you wouldn't like that he was 24 years old. But when you want him to step in right now, you do like that. Like, this is a grown man being able to step in. And he'll have to make some changes. But the fact that he faced some really high competition and Mm -hmm. performed well, like, you should have high expectations for him right away and feel like he could be a difference maker from day one. And he'll he'll probably step in and make calls as well. And so you've got to have a guy that that can... if, If you're going to ask a guy to step into that position, he has to be very mature. Elfline, I thought, was as well. But you got you have to ha- have a guy who could basically take control day one. Uh, if they were to examine trading Kyle, though, uh, Collar, uh, my question is this: What is available to them then at that position, though? Because that that was the one where I was sort of predicating my prediction that they might talk about trading Kyle to the Patriots based on if they could draft a tight end, which clearly now those top ones are gone. So to me, they're boxed in a little bit as far as a potential move there, which is why I went back to Waynes, and if you could replace Waynes immediately with a guy on a more favorable contract. So that's where it gets a little bit hairy because it's hard to project how far some of the other tight ends are going to drop or when they'll be available. Who do you like still? uh, Irv Smith I like a ton from Alabama. And, I mean, just usually when someone comes from Alabama, you like them a lot. But all season long, Tua was finding him all over the field, and uh, he hasn't been talked about as much as the other guys. But... There are three, four, maybe even five other tight ends in this draft who are at least interesting to good and could potentially make an impact right away. One thing that the Vikings have that's nice for them is David Morgan. You So when you draft someone and you wonder, can this guy block? Well, you know that you have a tight end who can really block, who's going to be able to step in. So there, there are a couple guys. Jay Sternberger is one of them who's also a really good pass catcher, kind of compares to Kyle Rudolph, because he's not the fastest guy, but he'll catch everything you throw at him. Dawson Knox is more of a, a physically impressive prospect. The third round, the, <laughs> the point is just that the third round should have some tight ends or wide receivers if you just wanted to use more wide receivers. I, I mean, I, I think that they could trade up using that second-round pick and still get someone who steps in right away in the third round. Uh, that sounder means that pretty soon we're going to go to the podium again, and this will be the first of back-to-back picks for the Seattle Seahawks. At pick 29, so uh, four picks remaining, two to, to the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams, and then the Patriots. And and just so people, if you've been listening the last five or six minutes and you've been hearing our Kyle Rudolph speculation, it's not out of thin air. Uh, the Earlier tonight, Albert Breer, I don't know if reported is the right, but speculated with uh, with sourcing that the Patriots could make a play for Kyle Rudolph sometime in the next 48 hours. So it just kind of depends on what the Patriots would be willing to offer and what the Vikings would uh, would want to do. But I, I got to imagine if the Patriots were to call and say, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick, save you the $8 million or whatever to the cap, and we'll take Kyle Rudolph off your hands, and then you can have a second first-round pick. You think they'd give a first-round pick for Kyle Rudolph? I wouldn't. Right. I don't think they will. But I do think the fact that the Patriots are toward the end of their dynasty and the fact that they, uh, they they probably aren't looking to the future quite as much means that they might overpay for a short-term asset. Kyle was talking about you can, you can get a tight end or a wide receiver in the third round if you trade Kyle Rudolph for a pick. What if they want Rudolph and a third-round pick? Can you still replace him later in the draft and get that tight end? Anything past the fourth, I can't say. The, right. The, the, if, you, if someone drops that far, I don't have any expectation for them whatsoever. Um when it comes to the second round, the third round, this draft is particularly well-stocked 
with wide receivers who are of that caliber. It's not stocked, as you could see, with high first-round pick wide receivers. But when you're talking about guys that have high floors but limited ceilings, like a Debo Samuel or someone like that who's a wide receiver, or Sturdberger or Dawson Knox might have the high ceiling, those are second, third-round picks, and you would expect that they could help you right away past that, though. I mean, it's a deep tight end draft, but you never think, oh, this fourth round pick, this fifth round pick is, is going to make a big difference. So to me, it's always you got two different drafts. You have the first three rounds where you start to think about the next year and where that person could fit in. And then you have the final, you know, four through seven that are entirely on just ceilings. You know, could this guy be a special teamer? You know, high, high, you know, big swings, boomer busts, stuff like that. All the draft terms. Exactly. All of them. Every one that I can think of after having 14 <laughs> Diet Dr. Peppers. Uh, so so the, the Seahawks are now like, they're on the clock again, and their their next pick is halfway run out, See, too. And so. I've, I've been the Rob Manford of this draft in terms of trying to speed it up. If you have back-to-back picks, you should have to go to the podium and give both picks. I mean, the, it's not like there's somebody in between you who's going to change your plans. You have two picks. Decide the two guys that you want. Would you give them the full 20 minutes and then they announce? No. Or are you saying give them 10 minutes? Figure no, it out. Yeah. You got, what do you need 20 minutes for? You've had months to figure this out. You have back-to-back picks. Go to the podium. Make both your picks. And we're just waiting for 32. Really? I mean, Come on. <laughs> you think Rick's not on the phone right now? You think he Rick's not burning up those he phone lines? Yeah, I think, from Egan. I think every GM in the NFL, even if you've already made your pick for the night, is at least sitting by the phone, aren't they? Nobody's called it a night and just wrapped it up and gone home for dinner. Oakland they? has. I don't know they, about they that. They checked out before the draft started. What are you talking about? <laughs> no Gettleman's been sitting at, at some uh, some smokehouse in New York all night, probably being like, "Yeah, I'll just draft this guy. I'm this is a good stake." All right. What about what about this? Uh, Brutus Bird says on the Twitch comment section, "If New England offers up a second round pick." Would you trade Kyle Rudolph? Mm. So it would be well, the, the last pick I in mean, the second th- round. There is a bit of uh, you have to create some cap space somehow, but it's not just a second round pick. It's the very end of the second round. Yeah. They did get Brian O'Neill at the end of the second round last year, who looks pretty good in terms of a prospect, but uh, I don't know. What get- I, that, that to me is just not that valuable. I would prefer to have a tight end who catches everything. What gets that last pick of the first round? Rudolph and what? I think the second. It's got to be your second pick in Rudolph, or maybe third pick in Rudolph. Because that that I do that. If I if I can do that, I do that. It's a pretty valuable I don't pick want, now with the guys. I don't want on a third. Ra- I don't want a third round pick. This is a, which a bit is what of the, 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 the problem with that system of adding up numbers is whatever the numbers are for this particular instance are worth more because of just the insane talent that still remains there in the first round. Anytime, Seahawks. Any old time. You want to take a pick. It's absurd. This they, is not so West ball, Coast time, Seattle. They've been waiting a long time, okay? This is crazy. Central time, buddy. Don't, don't forget. It's, it's been 20 minutes it's, between picks. It's 8.40 p.m. in Seattle. They're sitting in their facility right now. They got, all, they got all yeah. night to make this We pick. just want to know, are the Vikings going to make a bold move at 32? Okay. There is no place Fast that forward. I would rather spend an entire night than with you guys in this studio. Okay. So well, you got your wish. Jeez. I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. What? You got your wish. Except if I could watch hockey, man. 
thank you to uh, there's there's so I many people the still, finale. There are so many people still hanging out with us in our just yeah. our video Mr. streams. Mr. I tape every show there is. Twitter <laughs> and Twitch and Facebook and I don't know if you guys don't have to work tomorrow or if you're going to be uh, rolling in a little bit later, Tyre, but we appreciate you hanging out with us oh. on the Score North uh, what, stream. What, what happened? What's up? Uh, it appears that uh, someone is going to trade right now, and that someone is the Giants. Trade alert. Oh, we God. have a trade in the NFL draft. Okay, I don't want to ruin this if people are watching the TV and us. I know that I did that earlier, and I'm sorry for that. But uh, <laughs> Way to go. Sorry, Lindsay. Uh <laughs> But uh, the, so other teams are seeing this that there's a lot of talent there and they're they're trying to move up. So so what, so what are the the uh, Giants doing since it's uh, ten forty? Well, PM I need I to get Seattle's twenty ninth pick, and okay. then it appears that the Giants are going to trade for the thirtieth pick. Okay. Oh, so we wait. trade alert. We have a trade in the NFL draft. <laughs> Nobody knows how many draft sims I did. <laughs> Are we singing again? Is there going to be some, some type of detoxification for you? Uh, some detox of a draft sim? Yeah, how do you, like, how do you like, deal what with do you the withdrawal? Because after this, all the draft sim sites are pretty much shut down like for on, like on nine some, months. On no, Sunday. No, no the, the best, Is there draft the, sim the best part about draft mocking and simming is the day after all of this is over, and then you get the one-year-out projections for the 2020 draft. Oh, sure, yeah. You are, can't do that to your poor wife. Are the but, Sim um, sites, are they are they up and running day after the draft with the next year's draft class? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't I know the have, answer I to that. Shouldn't have, just, I shouldn't have brought it up. Just Sim once. That, it's free the first time. That, that, all right, all right. that was how Mitch Seattle became a first-round pick. Seattle is finally yeah, it's ready. Mitch, it's raining there. Put a roof on it. Stop it with the roof. With the 29th pick Thanks, in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select L.J. Collier, defensive end. Uh, you know TCU. what? They waited that long, but it's a cut. L.J. Collier. So, what? Nothing. Oh. I just said they waited that long, but it's my cousin. So. Yeah, no, it's- L.J. Collier. Really? See what you did it's late. Cousin. I'm not going to blame him for that one. We're all tired. You know how late it is at this point and to get that type of <laughs> malarkey? As a punchline, I don't blame him. I'm putting my hood back up. Please do. By the way, we've been right. on uh, for like just with this show for almost five hours now. I was on four hours earlier today. My yeah. back is you cramping. You guys have both been on. For I'm you're cramping complaining up. about one stupid joke. I'm 49 and I'm cramping up right now. <laughs> My you can back. get up and take a lap. My right. No, because I'm writing. I got up and left the show. I had to I'm pee. Gonna, so. We're going to have to I'm carry him off like when LeBron got cramps in San Antonio <laughs> and he just like couldn't move. <laughs> um, did you guys see what Marquise Brown had around his neck? I saw it on TV and I was trying to figure no, out what it? what it was. So he had a huge chain, which was beautiful. But the pendant... <laughs> The pendant hanging off of it. I saw him on TV after he got picked, and he was walking to the, he was walking up to hug Roger Goodell. I was like, "What is that thing? Was it the Avengers logo?" No, it's a it's a diamond crusted bust of a picture of him that be, that went viral of him posing after he made a touchdown. <laughs> I swear to God, that's amazing. Oh, here we go. Okay, the Giants are yes. making a pick right now. Let's see how they fast screw and this furious. Up. Draft, the New York Giants select. DeAndre Baker, a cornerback, defensive back, Georgia. Football. Wow! But your guys they do exist. But your guys still out there. Greedy Williams is still out there. Yes. All right. Two. That, okay, we're almost there, everyone. That two pick, more picks. by the way, Do went it. through four teams. 
That was the one that the the Packers acquired from the Saints in last year's draft. Packers then traded it to Seattle. Seattle then traded it to the Giants. It's the pick nobody wants. So uh, let me just, while we have a second here, because we're really just waiting for 32 to see if it gets traded, uh, just circling back on Garrett Bradbury as a pick and how this all played out, um, if you're kind of just peeking in here, the first round was a little bat bleep crazy uh, with the Giants taking a quarterback that they didn't need to take that high, and then the Giants taking a defensive tackle right before the Vikings at 17 that they probably could have gotten at another position like when they just traded back into the first round. And Carolina was the last line of defense to take any offensive lineman that the Vikings would have wanted, I thought. Carolina and the New York Giants, those two at 16 and 17. Neither one of them did, and Brian Burns ended up going to Carolina, and then Garrett Bradbury ends up being there for the Vikings. And what we'll think about with the Vikings pick is when you look at the rest of this first round, how it played out after the Vikings picked, Jeffrey Simmons, Noah Fant, Darnell Savage, and then finally at 22, Andre Dillard, and at 23, Titus Howard, the tackle from Alabama State. If the Vikings had traded back... I wonder if they still would have ended up getting Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that means that the 31st pick is in as well, I believe. Um, but if so, what you're saying is if they had, then they could have acquired maybe a third round right. pick or something or second round pick. Yes, they could. But, but you also don't want to gamble if they want to risk. Exactly right. I'm I not mean, going you can there. look back in hindsight and say these teams didn't take offensive linemen, so Garrett Bradbury was oh. there. But at 18. Mm-hmm. You didn't know necessarily that that was the case or how the board was going to shake yeah. out after your pick. My favorite stat of the first round. So through 23 picks, zero running backs, zero wide receivers, zero cornerbacks off the board, and two tight ends from Iowa off the board. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Uh, we could put a uh, bow on it because it appears that the Patriots are trading with the Falcons, and oh. not the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So, After all if you talk. want to give final thoughts, I'll give mine. I think the Vikings, even though they probably could have traded back a little bit, this was no time to screw around. This was time to get a difference maker right away this year, plug him in, and hope that Garrett Bradbury becomes the next Alex Mack or the next Mac, uh, Khalil, Ryan Khalil, I mean, and the next Kevin Mawai or whatever it might be. They made the right move by doing that. Take the best darn offensive lineman that all your scouts and Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski and all those guys wanted. Do that. And if it blows up in your face, at very least, you took the guy that all of your offensive scouts and offensive personnel wanted to stick right in there and try to fix the offensive line. You did the right thing that you were supposed to do. You didn't get cute. And I think the Vikings deserve credit for that. Rami, what are your final thoughts on a a first-round draft night for the Vikings? My thinking going into it was that the smartest move they could have made was what we just talked about, which was there were a lot of offensive linemen who seemed to fit their scheme and what they were looking for. So if that was the case, trade down, get more draft capital that you either use on draft picks or use to trade up on on day two of the draft. But if if Bradbury was their guy, they targeted him, like Rick Spielman said. Again, you never know if that's true when GMs say that. Because they're going to say that because they want the guy to feel wanted. Um, but if that was the guy they targeted, then, yeah, I don't see why you would risk moving down, like I just said. You don't know how the board is going to shake out. It looks like maybe they could have, but we don't know that for sure. 
So they got their guy. Vikings fans got the offensive lineman they so desperately yearn for. So they won't storm U.S. Bank with torches. I think it's a good day for the Vikings. Well, so, Atlanta um, just traded to 31, yes. it looks like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Greg, Greg Bedard whoa. had reported that they were trading to 32, but Premature for final his thoughts. source was wrong. Okay. They did trade to 31, and they're taking Caleb McGarry, the tackle. Okay. So that means the Patriots are still on the board. Yes. Yes. Great so alert. Okay. All right. So the, the, there's still a chance. <laughs> but we stay. Final thoughts way too early, way premature. Well, I'm not giving him say. again. That's uh, I'll give mine my eventually, thoughts. but I'm going to give my my final thoughts when this draft I, yeah, is I done. Know if I'm the, not if the yeah. Vikings aren't going to trade at 32, then even Mackie if they I trade, might, I might rip them for not if, trading back in the first round. Mackie and Judd don't screw around, okay? Even we if they the trade evidence. to 32, I'm not changing my final thoughts. Okay, that's fine. No, I won't. But do my it. final thoughts might change. I don't change the way I think with new information. I really don't know why Jawan Taylor dropped this far. He was supposed to be a top 10 pick, and Caleb McGarry. I don't think in terms of a prospect is anywhere How many close. guys do, do you have right now who have, in an odd way, dropped right out of the first round oh, almost? Man, can you imagine Four? being DK Metcalf right now? I mean, DK Metcalf was talked about as top five pick, top ten pick. But you've got Williams, Taylor, Metcalf, Metcalf Taylor. Williams. Also, I mean, that's three Cody right. Ford, okay. A.J. Brown, both of those guys. How about, now this one doesn't surprise me, but Drew Locke. Is another one that was talked about. Uh, yeah, Byron Byron Murphy, though. I mean, this is someone who was also talked about as a top fifteen pick. Okay, you could have even made a case that Irv Smith. Although I don't know what's going to happen here with the Patriots, they could take uh, they could take Irv Smith. But that's that's a lot of players who have not just first round grades, but Taylor was talked about as top ten. Metcalf is top ten. Williams between ten and twenty. AJ Brown somewhere in the middle bottom. Cody Ford potentially to the Vikings was mocked a lot. That's a lot of players with fairly high first-round draft grades that did not go there. Now, you were not that sold on Cody Ford, though, correct? Correct, yep. So this that one's not a complete shock. I did not see him as a scheme fit for the Vikings. He's more of one of those road-grader types. Rami, mm. you love your road graders. I love. I just love draft terminology. Road grader is draft Rami, terminology. What do you like better, road graders or cheese graders? Be honest. Cheese graders, okay, oh, for it's sure. Not even close yeah, for Rami. No, it's not close at all. He but. uses one. <laughs> road graders, he just watches and doesn't really give a damn. Right. There's a, a no. I don't blame him. Um, Thank you. Matt Miller of Bleacher Report is saying that Taylor has a red flag with the knee. Is why he's dropped this far. Still a, a big, big, big surprise to see. Somebody who was graded that high by most of the draft people, including Daniel Jeremiah, was talking about for months. Of, Do we know what the issue is with the knee? Pick. No, it's I don't a know. mysterious knee thing. It is a mysterious. So knee scouts thing are indeed, now yeah. just saying some something that that we didn't know about before tonight. Basically. Yeah, and those medical and this, things oh, don't always happened. come out. This happens. Yes. All right. All right so so now we, this three now minutes we wait left for the Patriots. Three forty-eight until uh, that Patriot pick is, and Bill's going to wait. Bill doesn't care that that it's almost uh, midnight. Uh, in Boston, he doesn't give a damn. DK Metcalf. Yeah, we're no, he's not. He's not. He's not going to take a guy. You think he's got his hood on right now? I don't know. They, I mean, they're the ones that traded for Josh Gordon, and they're yeah, the ones true. that traded for Randy Moss. And Gordon's and, coming back, right? I, I think looks Gordon, that way. Gordon yep. just signed his tenor to come back. Yep, looks that way. I think they'll take him back too. I think he'll be fine there until want, he gets. I really until want happens. things to work out for that guy, Josh Gordon. Yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a tough life. It's, and it's I'm not like he did anything. Bad to Harmful. other people, right. yeah. just himself. No, he just had a really continues. They get ludicrously suspended. <laughs> oh, the Patriot fan! Oh, look at the Patriot fans not being obnoxious one bit. Super drunk and shoving it all back in our faces. Those poor people in Boston. I I hope the Bruins do well because I really feel bad for them. 
Don't worry, Giannis, Giannis is about to hand it to him. He, he'll, oh, yeah. he'll set him straight. Yeah, you know what's going to happen? Celtics are going to beat the, your Bucks. Not going to happen. Charlie Coyle's the toast of the town right now. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you guys are talking. As I was uh, on Rushmore. Twitter before, you got David Ortiz, you got Charlie Coyle. I mean, oh, you just man. Garnett. Yeah. Um, Two thirty-eight, by the way. Two thirty-eight. I hope Bill Belichick uh, goes up there with Roger Goodell with a sleeveless hoodie and like tan lines from his time just boating around during free agency season. Now to announce the pick, Robert Kraft. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's late at night, and I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me in trouble. Not going to say anything, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to play some videotape of Robert Kraft before we're the pick. Oh boy! No one needs to see. Boy, that they really reached and tugged on this pick. Oh, oh my god! Matthew Collar, comma, who has been suspended from the show for two weeks, comma. Football. Hey, it's Rap Sheet. It's Ian Rappaport. Glad to see him. Still up. Uh, oh, he's oh. updating. Hold on. Ah. Jason McIntyre, Patriots shopping the pick. There it is. To a team that wants to grab Drew Locke. Problem is... Oh. Um, uh, then, he, then he speculates on the second bar. Apparently, they've been shopping the pick to quarterback hungry teams. Oh. So, not the Vikings, then? No. Maybe or, not. Or. Although, uh, Drew Locke. Uh, uh, these guys. Your cousin's successor? These guys haven't been tied to Drew Locke at all, have they? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. no I, I, just, I don't yeah. think that they're the type of team to pick Drew Locke, but. The pick is in. The last know. pick in the first round. The pick is in. The pick is in. <laughs> We're just waiting for Raj. Well, I'm so glad to hear that laugh for the last time. <laughs> uh, All right, Kurt Warner, wrap it up. Let's get Raj out from the green room. He has to make the he has to make the trek from the green room. He's, it's a it's he has to catch a, a a relay from he he takes a bus then a train. It's are we are we doing a, an Uber? It's off the charts. Are we doing a round again this year where like former players from each team announce the picks? Have they have they said anything? That's second round, right? Is that the second yeah. round? Yeah, yes. Do second, we know who who's round. the Viking that's? It's going to be hanging out? I don't know. They did announce it, but I don't remember. Is it? Could it be Alan Page? Hmm. I haven't heard. The Honorable Alan Page. I don't remember, I don't remember if I did here. Can they make the pick already? Seriously, what takes Roger Goodell I so damn like, long? I felt like the first 17 picks and all that, we were really rolling along and whatever. And, and I mean, the end of this fun, has just been, I, I think are we still on the radio or are we just yelling at each other? All right, here it is. pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. The New England Patriots select Nikhil Harry, wide receiver, Arizona State. Football. Okay, real quick. There he is. Yeah. I'll just run this down for you. Yep. The Vikings are in a hell of a good position for tomorrow. I mean, they can move up in the second like they did uh, with Delvin Cook, or they could just hang out and see what happens. Guys that I would keep an eye on, uh, Cody Ford as a pick in the second round would be pretty darn good. Dalton Reisner, for sure. Uh, Debo Samuel, wide receiver out of South Carolina, someone who caught my eye in this process. Irv Smith, tight end. Uh, Elton Jenkins, interior uh, offensive lineman. High potential tackle, Greg Little, is a guy that I would keep an eye on as well. Um, Paris uh, Campbell from Ohio State, who's a highly talented playmaking-type wide receiver. Those are just a few of the names if one of those guys ends up to the Vikings, but I should really tell you about the cornerbacks. Oh, here so, we go. Gre- Greedy Williams, but yeah. also Julian Love out of Notre Dame, your guy. Someone that Doogie said that the Vikings could be interested in, Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky. He's one of those lanky guys. 
Uh, he is a really interesting one. Also, Joe Juwan Williams from Vanderbilt, another um, lanky type of corner, and Trayvon Mullen, Justin Lane from Michigan State. Like, there are corners. I mean, I, I would be, at this point, honestly, if 50 was not a corner, I would be stunned because there are a bunch of them. So unless there's some preposterous run on corners in the second round, I think the Minnesota Vikings are taking a corner tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, that, that's Matthew Collar, and uh, he's just done a wonderful job analyzing this in the lead-up. And you can find, I can still draft him the second round. No. Well, you can find a lot more where this came from on scorenorth.com. Hold on, final thoughts from us, Phil. Let's go quick here. We haven't got a... Hold on a second here. Hold on, wait. Isaiah Johnson, too. Doogie texts me. I'm pulling my hood up. You got to put the hood up for the final thoughts. I'm putting the hood up for this one because it's going to be deep. Can you do it in Palpatine voice? I got a couple... How's Palpatine talking? I got a couple final thoughts here. One is... 30 seconds. One is kudos to the Vikings because this draft went great. You took the right guy. You addressed the right position in the first round. We could debate if that happened last year, but you definitely did this year. But the over... The theme of tonight is this. The incompetence of some teams helped the Vikings so much. Yeah. Oakland and the Giants, thank you very much because the fact that you were run like teams from the Alliance or XFL and not the National Football League <laughs> is of tremendous, tremendous help. I'm serious. Honest to God, what those teams were doing, I have no clue. But when we were talking this afternoon about the fact that there was some fear that the, the offensive linemen that we all liked, none of them would be there. And instead, you had your pick of what? At least three of them, not four of them. So, so congratulations to the Vikings for uh, pouncing and taking advantage of the opportunity that was presented. But also, the, at least two teams, you were unbelievable. Oakland and the Giants, you're incredible. And if you don't make personnel changes, uh, you know, with your GMs and coaches in the coming years, I will be shocked because that was some first class incompetence from those clubs. I'll just say the Vikings. Fill the need with a player that a lot of people, smart people, rave about. They fill the need in the short term, and they fill the need maybe for the long term. And so they got the best of both worlds with this first-round pick and a lot of high, high-caliber players on the board for the second round. Think about the ages real quick now of the Vikings' offensive line and the core that they have. Three guys under 25 years old. Yeah. Matthew Collar, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad. I'm Phil Mackey. Thank you to Lindsay, to Manny, to Ross. Back tomorrow for Purple Daily at noon, scorenorth.com, for anything and everything Vikings. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. That's a wrap. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.